What's up, everyone? I'm Joe Pompliano, and this is The Joe Pomp Show. High school football in Texas has taken on a world of its own. We're seeing $50 million stadiums built, restaurants experiencing an economic boom in the fall, and thousands of people attending games every Friday night. So today's podcast is going to examine how Texas became the country's biggest football hotbed and how the economics of the sport incentivize the construction of multi-million dollar stadiums. This is a super fascinating topic, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. Let's get right into it. Okay, so if you follow me on Twitter, you probably saw a few weeks ago that I tweeted out the new football facility at Melissa High School, which is right outside of Dallas. This facility is incredible. There's some pictures in the newsletter. You can find them on Google, of course, and I also tweeted them out a few weeks ago. But this facility has an indoor facility, which has a 100-yard football field, like you would find at an NFL team or a college football team, indoor 100-yard football field. Attached to that indoor facility, included inside of it, is a state-of-the-art weight room that has glass windows that you can see out onto the indoor football field. This weight room is incredible. It has everything that you would want in a weight room. It has about 20 to 25 different squat racks. It has all the newest and latest technology. It's great. They also have meeting rooms, like you've probably seen on Hard Knocks or other big-time college football programs. I'm talking about 50 to 100-seat auditorium-style seating. Again, absolutely incredible. But that's just the practice facility. Right next door to that, probably, I don't know, maybe 100 feet away, 200 feet away, is the football stadium. Now, this stadium was just constructed for $35 million. It has 10,000 seats. They have a bunch of luxury boxes with couches and more comfortable places to watch the game. And they have a scoreboard. This scoreboard is massive. It would make many Division I schools jealous. The stadium is awesome. Again, $35 million. And this thing caught the attention of millions of people on Twitter. Some people loved it and some people hated it. But the craziest part is that Melissa High School only has 1,500 students, right? So 10,000 seats in the stadium, 1,500 students in the entire school. And this $35 million stadium isn't even one of the 10 nicest high school facilities in Texas, right? So $35 million doesn't even get you in the top 10 of the nicest football facilities in Texas. Now, this is simply because Texas places a premium on high school football. Friday night games bring communities together and in turn have turned the sport into a huge business. So the easiest way to explain this is probably through the book or the movie, Friday Night Lights. I'm sure many of you have seen the book or the movie at this point or read it. It's the story of an economically depressed town of Odessa, Texas, and its heroic high school football team, the Permian High Panthers. Now, the basic premise of this book and movie is that football is life, high school football specifically, in Texas. The students, parents, and community live, eat, and breathe for Friday night football in Texas. The book was written by Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist Buzz Bissinger, selling over 2 million copies and inspiring a film and TV franchise that made nine figures. Again, if you haven't read the book, you've probably seen the movie. If you haven't read the book or seen the movie, you've probably seen the TV show. Some of you, like me, maybe have seen all three. The Friday Night Lights franchise has been so successful, in my opinion, because the storyline is true. Not in the literal sense. Hollywood certainly shifted around some of the details to make it more dramatic, of course. For instance, they changed some of the player numbers. They changed some of the player positions. They changed who was captain on the team. They changed some of the details around the games. They changed who even won and lost some of these games. They changed who won the state championship, some of the family's relatives. 
things that made it a more Hollywood-esque script. But the Friday Night Lights storyline is true in the sense that Texas really does care that much about high school football. And I want to give you an example with numbers. Texas today has 169,000 high school football players in the state, just over 169,000 high school football players in the state of Texas. That's more than the other two high school football hotbeds in California and Florida combined, right? So whenever you see people online, or maybe if you read the NFL stats about kind of which states produce the most football players, you always see Texas, California, and Florida. Those are the three biggest names mentioned by far. And most people don't realize that Texas has more high school football players in their state than California and Florida combined. Again, Texas has 169,000 high school football players. California has 84,000 and Florida has 38,000. So a drastic difference in just the total number of players playing high school football in the state of Texas compared to other large states like California, Florida, or other places like that. Now, the sport has become so popular because it has historically been the main source of entertainment in communities within Texas, especially during times of war in the United States. And that high level of interest over time eventually enabled economic incentives to take over. Texas high school football fans spend an estimated $443 million on tickets each season. Individual teams can earn upwards of $50,000 per season from corporate advertisements within the stadiums and their game day programs. And this is one of my favorite stats. Dairy Queen restaurants in Texas, right? Ice cream we're talking about here mostly. Dairy Queen restaurants in Texas say they typically see a 30% to 70% spike in sales on Friday nights specifically during football season, right? So Dairy Queen seeing a huge boom. Obviously, the schools are making a lot of money off the partnerships from a corporate perspective. And high school football fans are spending a tremendous amount of money on tickets, $443 million. Those stats are insane. They're incredible. Most people probably couldn't even believe them. But to be honest, they really only scratch the surface. Texas high school football is really its own economy. And I want to look at the stadiums, for instance. Texas has 1,267 high school football stadiums that collectively sit 4.4 million people. The average seating capacity at these stadiums is 3,500 people, but there are 75 stadiums that seat 10,000 to 16,000 people. And there are eight stadiums that seat over 16,500 people, not including the 20,000-seat Toyota Stadium, which Frisco high schools literally share with FC Dallas of Major League Soccer. <laughs> so get that for a second, right? A Major League Soccer team, FC Dallas. These guys were just playing Inter-Miami the other week. Millions of people were probably watching. They share a stadium with Frisco high school football teams. Again, the infrastructure within Texas for high school football is incredible. It's massive. And it's because people care so much historically about the sport. And these games bring communities together. Now, this infatuation with large stadiums started with Permian High School, who spent $5.6 million on a brand new stadium in 1982. If you want to adjust that for inflation today, that would be $16.8 million that they spent on that stadium in 1982. The trend then continued from there, with Southlake, a Dallas-Fort Worth suburb, spending $15.3 million on Dragon Stadium in 2001. That stadium has 11,000 seats, and the construction cost would come out to $25 million today, once adjusting for inflation. And if you want to zoom out and look at Texas high school football stadiums as a whole, the top 10 most expensive stadiums in the entire state for high school football only cost between $39 million to build and $80 million to build. 
And we're not talking about like huge, huge, huge stadiums here. Of course, NFL stadiums or big college football stadiums, those can cost a billion to $3 billion to build. But $80 million, that's getting you 11,000 seats, 12,000 seats. Even the biggest stadium in Texas, Eagle Stadium in Allen, sits 18,000 people, it costs $60 million to build. Now, many people will look at this and say, that's excessive, that's not necessary, there's no way they're filling up these stadiums. But that's not true. These huge stadiums are not unnecessary. Eagle Stadium, again, in Allen, Texas, is one of the largest high school stadiums in the country at 18,000 seats. But they have 10,000 season ticket holders alone, right? So more than 50% of that inventory is filled with season ticket holders alone. And they drew 22,000 people for the stadium's opening game in 2012. Again, 18,000 seats. They drew 22,000 people for the opening game in 2012. So that means 4,000 people didn't even have seats in the stadium. And similar to high-level college or NFL teams, these huge crowds and this high level of interest allows Texas high school football programs to sign stadium naming rights deals that can reach upwards of $300,000 per year. For example, Prosper has a 10-year $2.5 million deal with Children's Health. That's $250,000 per year for naming rights to their stadium. Lubbock has a 10-year $3 million deal with Plains Capital Bank. That's $300,000 per year. Caddy, Texas has 10 years, $2.5 million deal with Academy Sports and Outdoors. That's $250,000 per year. Conroe has a 10-year, $1 million deal with Wood Forest National Bank. That's $100,000 per year. And you have to remember, this is so crazy because there's many Power 5 college football programs that don't even have stadium naming rights deals. And we're talking about high schools in Texas that are signing stadium naming rights deals with banks, with hospitals. For $100,000, $200,000, $300,000 per year, multi-million dollar contracts for these huge stadiums. And they're not doing it out of charity. They're doing it because they get a return on this investment. Now, many people are going to hear this and they're going to think it's super interesting. But just as many people, and maybe more, are going to instinctively ask about the education or teacher salaries. And that's a fair point. As some of the best high school football coaches in Texas historically have earned two to three times more in salary. We're talking about $150,000 or more for the best coaches, for $60,000 on average for teachers in Texas. And then if you look at the math, there are 199 people from the state of Texas in the NFL today. That's more than Florida. It's more than California. It's more than Georgia. It's more than Ohio. It's more than every other state. It represents the most NFL players today, Texas. But if there's 169,000 people playing high school football in Texas today, like I just told you, that means they have a 0.1% chance of making it to the NFL in a given year. Obviously, there are some things, if you have the size or the skill or Leon or whatever it is, that increase your chances. But you get the point. There's many people that are going to say, why is Texas and the schools investing so much money in football when the chances of these kids going pro and earning a living from this are extremely, extremely, extremely low? You're paying the coaches more. You have the nice facilities. Why aren't you investing this in academics? Why aren't you investing this in teacher salaries? Why aren't you investing this in the science lab? Why aren't you investing this in other extracurricular activities that might either teach them something else or they have a better chance of making a career out of it? There's many people that are going to say that. But the interesting part about this is that academics actually play a really unique role in getting these stadium deals approved. So I want to explain a little bit about how these stadiums actually get approved and how they get funded. Texas high school football stadium projects, they're voted on through a referendum. And the way that these referendums work is they can be called at any time. They don't have to be 
commissioned, they can just be called and then voters vote on them, right? So taxpayers within those communities vote on these referendums to build the stadiums. So local communities will vote yes on the referendums. These stadiums then get built and the bond packages, the debt that they take out to go and build these stadiums are then repaid by the communities, by those families tax money, right? So they're funding these projects through their taxes and they're voting yes on them via a referendum. But there is a catch. The catch is that these referendums are typically all or nothing deals. So if a parent wants to improve the school's classrooms, maybe they want to improve the bus system or anything else to do with the school, they have to agree in most cases to also fund the construction of a new football stadium. To be fair, a lot of these stadiums are used for other sports and hold spectator events too. It's not always just football. And more importantly, many stadiums also serve multiple schools. If you look at Legacy Stadium in County, Texas, that stadium costs $70 million to build, but it gets used by eight different schools. So it's not just one school using these stadiums. In a lot of instances, they're splitting the funds between a bunch of different schools and many people are using it as their home field. But still, 60 bonds have been issued by Texas school districts over the last two decades. Those 60 bonds either include the partial purpose to fund, but still, 60 bonds have been issued by Texas school districts. But still, more than 60 bonds have been issued by Texas school districts over the last two decades, with the partial purpose to either build a new football stadium or renovate existing athletic facilities. And even though the economic impact of a high school football stadium, a college football stadium, and an NFL stadium is questionable at best, the entertainment of high school football in Texas enables these deals to keep getting done. That's it for today, though. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and I hope you enjoyed it. If you want a deeper breakdown on some of these topics, you want to see the pictures that I reference in these podcasts, whatever it is, make sure to go to readhuddleup.com. That's where you'll find my three times weekly newsletter where I break down the business and money behind sports. It's a lot of the same stuff that you hear on this podcast, but in some cases, it's a little bit more detailed or you'll find pictures or other assets that I talk about here. More than 120,000 people are subscribed to that and read it every single week. So you should too. Have a great day and we'll talk on Wednesday.